0: You're listening to The Oz Movies Podcast, only on The Oz Network. Welcome, everybody, to The Oz Network, as we come to you, finally, for a month filled with movies. We've had a couple of months away from your speakers where we do our proper months. You've obviously heard a few other recaps, some Oscar things in there in the meantime, and some other reviews in our regular TV ones. But when it comes to what we're known best for... And that is recaps of movies. We're finally here to do one of our favourite months that we began in 2018. It is Bad Movie Month. A month last year that we actually, I think, bought more than we ended up binning. Will we change things <laughs> this year round? I guarantee it. Uh, and we are <laughs> starting off Bad. We're the wrongs
1: of 2018.
0: <laughs> we are starting off Bad Movie Month for 2019 with the 2002 critical and box office bomb. One of the biggest box office bombs in the history of movie making, The Adventures of Pluto Nash. One of the many movies that Eddie Murphy for some reason woke up and thought it was a good idea to make. And for some reason, he still made it, and yeah, lots to talk about this one. My name is Ben, and just for the record, I've never had one complaint about my ass.
1: And my name is Colin, and I met the perfect woman, so I had her cloned. Which one is she? Who cares?
0: (laughs) Um, This is an interesting one, because out of all the ones this month... Really? (laughs) Is it? Hang on a minute. Out of all the movies this (laughs) month... I've lost Colin already. Um, of all the <laughs> movies this month, this is the one I actually, well, I'd, the one I'd seen, I will say that. Uh, and the one that I actually don't mind. Uh, however, having said that, I can see why this movie is generally <laughs> considered one of the worst of all time. Um, I, I do enjoy, I can stomach watching this movie. I've got a history with this movie, at least. Um, but, <laughs> can I just point out, this is the year that was 2002. Um, and of course there is another movie this year, which I am quite partial to, which is also pretty terrible. Um, we can't play the song for it right now because we've got copyright protection or whatever on this podcast. But anyway, it was another over the top special effects movie, which went on to, I guess, restart a sort of career, but that was James Bond, not an actor. Um, Colin, Eddie Murphy, what the hell is he doing in 2002? <laughs> what happened to this man? Oh. I love Eddie Murphy. What what are you doing, Eddie? Eddie, please, come on
1: You know what's so funny about this is that I don't know how much of it is real or how much of it is fake Because there seem to be conflicting stories When you try to look at the very limited history on this movie Some of the history says that this movie was so troubled That Eddie Murphy put up millions of his own dollars to get it finished And then some of them say that he will admit he only did it for the money And absolutely hated everything about making the movie. So, Which one is true? Who knows? But it's just – it's sad because Eddie Murphy obviously was like a huge star in the 80s, even into the early 90s. Career kind of took a huge hit. Uh, Nutty Professor comes out, makes him a huge star again. And I I know that most people are going to you know, quote other Eddie Murphy movies ahead of this one. But for me, if I'm going to pick my all-time favorite comedy, like my number one funniest movie I have ever seen, it would be Bowfinger with Eddie Murphy and Steve Martin, which was only – what, three years prior to this, but this movie would have been released immediately after Bowfinger. I'm like, how do you go from maybe the funniest movie I've ever seen to this, which, what's unusual about it is like, I, I can't even go so far as to say, it's like, this is just an awful movie. It's just, it, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like half complete. It's like, <laughs> Every single line of dialogue, they started writing a joke that said, ah, we'll get to the punchline later and just left it in the movie.
0: <laughs> if you want the ultimate phoned-in performance, I think this is Eddie Murphy oh. in this movie. And, like, I, I'm a huge Eddie Murphy fan, like... Honestly, I don't think I would have ever seen this movie had he not been in it, and that was, I think, the sole reason why I watched this when it first came out, and probably the one sole reason why I don't absolutely hate this movie, because we all have actors who we like enough that we can stomach watching through bad movies. I mean, we saw that last year was swept away. I like Madonna, so therefore I'm not going to hate on it as much as you and Rossi did. Um, I actually recently only rewatched Bowfinger before watching this, and it had been a while since I'd seen it, and I forget how great that movie is. Um, and it's just so sad looking at his career kind of around this point, because, um, I watched another movie from 2002 that came out with Eddie Murphy, I Spy, not too long ago. Another movie which oh, yeah. kind of got terrible reviews, which I get, I don't mind. Um, and then Showtime obviously was the other one. He kind of had three in a row that kind of really stunk him up. And considering that, yes, as you said, he had Bowfinger, Nutty Professor. Uh, Shrek, obviously, was just kind of before this. A lot of people, I think, forget that he sort of was in that. So, I mean, what happened to him? Because then all of a sudden he has Dreamgirls in the mid-2000s, gets his first ever Academy Award nomination. I'm still dirty that he never won it that year, and I think he still is. Did Norbert. Uh, <laughs> 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 Did Meet Dave. Um, and then I don't think he's done much since, has he? Uh, he did another Shrek movie. I think that was Tower Heist. And now he's about to do another Beverly Hills Cop. So is he the, like, John Travolta 2.0? Like, he's very similar, doesn't he? He has, like, big highs and big lows. Yeah.
1: And he had that movie a couple of years ago called Imagine That, another one that just got, like, atrocious reviews. Um, I mean, he just seems to make those movies now where... If Eddie Murphy stars in a movie, it's guaranteed to... And who knows if these movies are that bad, because nobody actually pays <laughs> to see them, including us. But uh, if they actually are this bad, he is the world's worst comedic actor. Or is this something like... And this sounds unfair, but... uh Well, it's, it seems very fair. But Madonna <laughs> gets nominated for Razzie no matter what she does. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it's deserved. But if Madonna were to have done A League of Their Own a few years later, guaranteed she's got a Razzie nomination. Yeah. Uh, is Eddie Murphy just that guy where they're like, we're going to dump on it no matter what is? Because I, I saw a Tower Heist, and I thought Tower Heist was a great movie. Um, you know, I can't say I've seen any of these other ones since then. The, I'm kind of with you, though, that, like, I'm a big defender of Eddie Murphy. Uh, I remember especially around the time of Bowfinger, like, just thinking he could do no wrong. And it just, it took so long for... This movie to come out that I, I wonder if I would have been guaranteed to see it if this did come out right after Bowfinger like planned. Mm. But this is another one that we go through like so many others, like we talked about with the last action here on Jingle All the Way when I was excited because I'm like, Eddie Murphy, he's doing a sci-fi comedy. I like sci-fi. I like comedy. And I just didn't bother to see it because the reviews came out and they were so bad. Um, I don't know if I would have had a different reaction to this if I saw it in 2002. You know, maybe my standards are too high now. Uh, One thing I did want to comment when you mentioned the the John Travolta comparison, I think what people will often – they'll trash these actors like John Travolta or Eddie Murphy, and then they leave out the fact that these are guys whose careers hit a high in the 80s, completely died out, and then somehow they found a way to come back and be the biggest star on the planet again. Like John Travolta – Pulp Fiction, Get Shorty, Broken Arrow, Face Off. He was like the biggest star on the planet in his 40s for the second time in his career. Same thing happened with Eddie Murphy. I mean, the Beverly Hills cop movies, you know, even by the third one, he had died off and, you know, his career was going nowhere. Nutty Professor comes out, Dr. Doolittle comes out, Bowfinger comes out. Eddie Murphy is again the biggest comedic actor in Hollywood a decade after his career started to go downhill. And it's so easy to just jump on these guys and say, well, look, they're, they're, their careers suck. But you could look at it and say they had a comeback and most actors wouldn't even have that. So I actually give guys like Travolta and Eddie Murphy way more credit than most people do because their comebacks are, like, unheard
0: of. Mm. And I think, too, with Eddie Murphy going back to the Academy Award nomination he got, I mean, I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. claim the reason he didn't win it is because he did Norbert, basically, at the same time. And that's what the Academy voters couldn't look past, the fact that he did such a rubbish film called Norbert at the same time. And there was all those stories about how disappointed he was that he didn't win the Oscar, that he walked out as soon as he didn't win it and he never returned back to the ceremony and kind of chucked a massive tantrum, basically, over it. And... I mean, I, I think that was the year that, uh, was Alan Arkin won for Little Miss Sunshine. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, look, I love that movie. Alan Arkin was great, but I've never seen Dream Girls, but judging on the reviews and everything that kind of came around that when that came out, he was a, he was a lock to win that Oscar. And it's just, I mean, imagine if he, we had been here talking about the fact that a few years after this, Eddie Murphy won an Oscar. So it's okay. Pluto Nash is, he's pretty much, yeah. uh, you know, forgiven, but, um, yeah, yeah,
1: it's, it's. Who's co- more likely to win one now first? Is it gonna be Eddie Murphy or is it gonna be Randy Quaid?
0: <laughs> oh, Randy Quaid, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of like, I don't want to compare him to Adam Sandler because the difference between I think him and Adam Sandler is that Adam Sandler knows he makes bad movies. He doesn't give a yeah. shit because he makes money. And Adam Sandler yeah. has admitted that and Adam Sandler can act. He just, he's got an audience. He's got his market and he, he, he plays to it. And I like Adam Sandler movies. I'm dumb. Um, and, but I, I do know that Adam Sandler can act if he wants to. I think the difference with Eddie Murphy is he generally thinks these yeah. movies are going to be good. Um, and yeah. they're not. And then the poor guy kind of gets halfway through it and realizes, ah, shit, here's another one. Um, just get this over and done with and well, I'll like, go and make I Spy. It,
1: like, here's the thing. And, and you said he phoned in his performance. Nobody's ever said that Eddie Murphy is bad no. in anything. Yeah. Uh, maybe with the exception of something like Norbit, which is just a little <laughs> bit creepy. But, uh, that's the other big difference is that, you know, Eddie Murphy, he's making bad movies, but he's trying to give it his all, yeah. you know? And maybe he just doesn't know they're bad movies. Like Adam Sandler, the other difference is that Adam Sandler, it, it, if you like his movies, it doesn't matter if it's bad. You like the Adam Sandler humor. And it's Eddie Murphy's humor that's not clicking with audiences anymore really from pluto nash on so is that an issue of that that he is giving it his all but the material is bad or is it an issue of it's pluto nash where he's not giving his all because the material is bad like i don't know because i've never heard a person say well eddie murphy is not funny yeah people will say adam Sandler's not funny nobody says eddie murphy isn't so just bad movies bad luck i don't know
0: and it is a thing too like yeah definitely with adam sandler like you're a fan of his or you're not. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the Jim Carrey movies in the nineties, I feel were like that. Like my dad hated Jim Carrey. Like, oh, he's not funny. Like, why do you like these movies, Ben? Um, and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, there's a lot of actors like that, you know, Will Ferrell, you like him, you don't, you know, Jack Black, um, you know, Kevin James. Like there's these types of comedians that they've got their fan bases and people watch it. But yeah, I think you're right with Eddie Murphy. Um, and I think the kind of the interesting thing with this one, um, I, I mean, it sort of was originally planned to be done in the 80s and it had lots of revisions yeah. around this. And finally, it was uh, made in the year 2000, which I think is interesting, basically. This actually was released in 2002. And kind of, as you said, there's a lot of sort of, you know, rumours around this about how it happened. It sat in a shelf for a couple of years. Eddie Murphy came in, spent a bunch of his money with reshoots to kind of get this out and about. But, um yeah, even sort of around that, though, there are definitely... You know, Eddie Murphy has come out and record and basically said, "I know the two or three people who like this movie <laughs> <laughs> um, that uh he knows you Ben <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm I'm so happy right now that eddie Murphy like lo- he knows me um so you know it's just it's interesting, and I think kind of just my history with this basically, I think not long after it came out, we saw it on the shelf, and I hadn't really heard much about it, and I'm like, oh cool, this looks funny, Eddie Murphy's space and whatever." And Dad and I watched, and I can't remember my Dad's reaction of it, but I, you know, at the time I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um, I would have been yeah, 15 when this movie came out. Um, and then kind of it was one I think that I saw like really cheap at a DVD store for a couple of bucks, so I bought it and watched it again a couple of years later. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty decent. And then you know, every couple of years I might put it on, and then this is probably the first time I've seen it in a few years. So it's it's just interesting because writing notes about this film and kind of thinking about it, and I've also. I read a review. Somebody on um Soon dot net did an article, which is like, you know, I finally watched The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Yeah, and- I read that. <laughs> but I I didn't think it's like quite a bit. Like I think that kind of sums up my thoughts on it. And basically, the reviewer is saying like, you know, it's a bad film, but not as bad as it should be. It's just mm-hmm. kind of it's a bit, you know, like the the comedy falls flat. Um, there's not really a plot. Eddie Murphy looks bored. Um, and I kind of think that that's what this film is. And then also the Nostalgia Critic on YouTube kind of rips a lot into it about the fact, like, what is this movie? Like, I think you messaged me when you were watching it going, I'm trying to work out what this movie's about. <laughs> and yeah. The Nostalgia Critic's kind of like, what was the point of this movie? What did we just watch? <laughs> um, so, yeah. and I, I think kind of it has... I will say, uh, coming into this, I haven't watched um uh, The Book of Henry yet. I've only watched Cat and Hat the Emoji movie. And I will say this. Well, you're in for- well, this movie, I will say right now, out of the three that I've watched so far for this month, has potential. Like it had, like if you did this differently and maybe, you know, something a bit differently overall, you could have potential with this movie. Whereas the emoji movie and the cat and the hat, yeah. oh my god. Uh, anyway, uh, I your history is you just watched this before this, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I've been waiting to see it for years, and it's not like
1: uh, – this is going to sound so similar. And obviously, I've started to realize my issue with you know, movies um, is if there's something I'm really excited about and it has really bad reviews, I shy away from it. Because Last Action Hero Jingle All the Way, I was like really excited about those movies. And then when the reviews came in, I'm like, ooh, I don't want to disappoint myself like that. But sometimes, like with The Last Action Hero, I should have just watched it. You know, In cases like this, maybe I spared myself some pain and agony. <laughs> um, but – I I like that you saw the exact same article I did, uh, because when I was reading that, it, it made total sense to me. It says, there is nothing about this movie that screams worst movie ever made. Mm. It's bad if for no other reason that's just lazy, and I wish that I could pinpoint – the, the close, this is the close I could get to pinpointing what is wrong with this movie now that I've actually seen it. I expected a movie that would just be a complete mess. Like you know, the the editing's a mess, the storytelling's a mess. You'd say the story is a bit of a mess, but this isn't something like the room where you're like, wait, but this makes no sense because these characters haven't met yet, and this this, this and that. It's it's more just there's so little there, and what they have, they they overcomplicate things, and they they focus on the wrong things. But it's like every element of this movie is just slightly below adequate. You know, the action is not bad, but it's below adequate. The the comedy is not bad, it's just below adequate. The, the acting's not bad, it's just below adequate. The story's not bad, it's just below adequate. But when you take every single element, a dozen different elements that it takes to make a good or bad movie, and all of them are just meh, you end up with a movie that you just leave feeling like well, that was terrible because you can't think of one pausing to say. You can't think of anything truly negative, but there's nothing positive. That's the problem with this.
0: I really like the soundtrack. Uh-
1: <laughs> I don't, and You know what's funny? We'll go through this. Like The amount of talented people involved in the movie, yeah. um, I didn't even realize who it was, but during the opening credits, I'm listening to this, mu- this music, and I'm like, Man, who did the score for this? This is incredible. Only to realize is John Powell, who, uh, in my opinion is one of the best, uh, composers out there. He did, uh, the How to Train Your Dragon movies, which is probably the closest thing we'll get to something as good as Star Wars or like classic John Williams stuff out there. He also did the Bourne movies and everything else. And this probably would have been his first, one of his first movies. The soundtrack's fantastic. This, even just the regular songs that are in this movie, like the song that Rosario Dawson sings for the end credits. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm, she's probably not actually singing it, but lip syncing. Like, there's great music in this movie, so there's one positive. They should have just, you know, just played the soundtrack in a black screen, <laughs> and people would have given it, we would have had about 15% on Rotten Tomatoes, maybe up
0: about 10. I actually, I really like the score for this movie, actually, and the, the one in the closing credit credits, I think it's IMX. Um, I can't remember the name. Ain't no need or something like that. I remember on the DVD they had like a making of their film clip and it's got kind of like this, you know, group of African American guys who are thinking they're going to be like the next boys to men or something like that. Thing like, Man, we're doing a, we're doing a song for an Eddie Murphy movie. Our careers have made it. And yeah, as you can tell, as of 2019, <laughs> you've not heard of them since. Um, but Ron Underwood, the director of this, um, Tremors, City Slickers, uh, Mighty Joe Young, Uh <laughs> He's on a? For a while, um, what happened to him? He hasn't really done anything since. Uh, he did "Stealing Sinatra" and "In the Mix," and then that's it. So, um, poor old Ron Underwood's career. In the mix
1: is uh, a romantic crime comedy drama starring R&B pop singer
0: Usher. Oh, okay, <laughs> coming soon, Usher month. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he's, he's mainly done TV since. Uh, he's really gone into TV. Uh, directing everything from Desperate Housewives to Grey's Anatomy, Burn Notice, Once Upon a Time, uh, Scandal, Nashville. Uh, so, I, I mean, are you, I see, oh, it's been a long time since I've seen City Slickers. Uh, never seen Tremors, um, and Mighty Joe Young. Uh, I mean, it's got Bill Paxton yeah. in it, uh, so. Yeah, it's a monkey movie. I don't know. Um, Yeah. Are you a City Slickers fan?
1: I've never seen City Slickers. Uh, um, I remember when I was a kid, you know, the video stores, uh, they'd have their posters for all the new releases, and then they would once a poster was like not a new release anymore. They just give them as like free giveaways. So I'd always get like these movie posters, whether I'd see the movie or not. So as a kid, I had a City Slickers poster on my wall (laughs) and never watched the movie. Just go, hey, I get a free poster of City Slickers. (laughs) I think it got an Oscar nomination or something. Um, The Pluto Nash ones, the even video store didn't want to put up. So I never got one of those, but (laughs) I did see Mighty Joe Young. I actually saw that for the first time only a few years ago and really liked the movie. Uh, so he's not a bad director. Like, that's the other thing with this movie is y- you could say, well, the actors, you know, they didn't have good material. The people involved in making this movie were talented, too. When you look at the editor, I mean, the name jumped out to me because I've seen Star Wars so many times. But this movie's edited by the guy who did Star Wars, like the original Star Wars, <laughs> like one of the most famous editors out there. How is it that these people... Could not make a decent
0: movie. And you look at the actors as well Eddie Murphy, Randy Quaid, Rosario Dawson, oh. uh, Joe, how do you say his name? Pan- Joe Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, we've got Peter Boyle, Pam Grier, John Cleese. James Rebhorn. John
1: Cleese (laughs) will Jay Moore. I love Jay Moore. You
0: know, the the funny thing is another movie I watched recently, actually, just before this, uh Rat Race, which is just a real guilty pleasure of mine, and that's got like a huge cast. I mean, that's obviously not regarded as a terrible movie. It's just kind of like a meh movie that I think is only dated by the fact that Smash Mouth perform at the end. But um (laughs) like that that is I think the weird comparison is that Rat Race kind of does not take itself seriously. It goes over the top with the cartoonishness and the dumbness of it, which makes it good. And I think a lot of the problem with this movie is that, like, as you were saying, everything's kind of just so meh. That, like, if they're going out of their way to kind of make it a bit like a B sci-fi movie, then, you know, go a little bit more to the other way where you make it a bit more over the top. because it's just... There's moments where it's trying to be too serious about itself. And then, then it's kind of like, well, Eddie Murphy just is like, oh, give me some money or something like that. He just doesn't seem interested. So, oh, We should really start talking well, about this movie. It's a movie that I feel like didn't know
1: what it was. It, it, when you have Eddie Murphy, you assume this is just going to be an all-out comedy. Maybe if they had gone out of their way to make it an all-out comedy, we would have had a few laughs. It could have just been... A sci-fi you know an entertaining sci-fi action movie uh like total recall or something like that and then maybe we would have had an entertaining movie this is like i couldn't even say guardians of the galaxy they were they were trying to blend sci-fi um sci-fi action they were trying to blend that with comedy with film noir (laughs) it's just too many elements and they didn't really try to focus on any of those things so it just ends up it's kind of confusing. Like, what were they going for here? Because there are scenes where you think this is just supposed to be all-out comedy. There are scenes where nobody's telling a joke for an entire scene, and they're just trying to tell a story. Mm. So clearly their intention was never to make this is the funniest Eddie Murphy movie ever. Maybe they did want to make something that was kind of a blend of sci-fi action, drama, c- whatever.
0: Well, we've taken 22 minutes to go over some things. Let's take 22 minutes to go oh, over this film. Oh, we're
1: so sorry. <laughs> this will not happen on the emoji movie. <laughs> oh, God,
0: we've set ourselves at a limit for the, we could do the emoji movie in 10 <laughs> minutes. Honestly, I reckon. Like, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that movie. Holy crap. Um, alright, so, uh, we start off. We've got some funky blue moon song. Yep, yep. Um, and we're in little America on the moon, uh, which is in the year 2080. And we're in a bar and we meet, uh, we meet Eddie, well, it's actually Pluto Nash, and his dear old friend, Anthony Frankowski, uh, who is playing an accordion and is trying to bring, what is it, Scottish crooning or something like that? Yeah. (laughs) He's got the dirtiest, rankest pub. I'll say in the world, but it's on the moon. Um, and basically, it, uh, he's pouring him a beer and it's got lipstick on the glass and he's trying to become super famous. And, um, Pluto is telling him, you're not going to become famous with a name like that. You should become Tony Francis. <laughs> and it's like, mm. yeah, that's a good name. Um, so then Pluto Nash needs to go to the toilet. He wants to piss in the kitchen because it's so disgusting. The mob comes in and beats up Anthony Frankowski. Uh, and we find out that he owes $2.5 million um, to the mafia. Uh, Pluto now, she's like, hey, no, don't do that. Don't bash him because uh, he knows this old mafia guy because he was in jail for... And we don't know why at the moment, do we? Um, he only got out of jail a week ago. Oh, no, smuggling, I think. Uh, we do find that out straight away. Um, anyway, long story short... <laughs> We can just cap this up pretty quickly. Uh, Eddie Murphy says, I'll buy the bar. Don't hurt my friend. Um, Yay, happy ending. Um, So seven years goes by and he's bought the bar and he's turned it into a pretty successful nightclub, Um, which, again, smuggling pays. Why is this guy a smuggler? He's just been let out of jail for a (laughs) week and he's still got $2.5 million to buy a nightclub. Yeah, where did it come from? (laughs) Like, what is this? If I go to jail for smuggling, do I have to keep my money? Like, I don't think that's how it works. (laughs) Um, so we're on, uh, we're at the Moon Club, um, and we hear sort of, we get this sweeping shot of the city, and we get a bit of a tease that there's a place called Moon Beach, the only place in the universe where gambling is legal. Ooh, wonder if that's going to come into it later on. Um, Pluto's serving a couple of guys, they're having a party, because one of them's getting divorced. Cool. Um... Then we meet Rosario Dawson for the first time. What's your thoughts on Rosario Dawson? Because I swear I've only ever seen her in movies that are genuinely bad, like Men in Black 2. I don't know. Like I I, I don't dislike Rosario Dawson. I think she seems like a good actress. I just don't know if I've seen her in anything decent.
1: Um... Well, I mean, she has made some bad movies, but she's made some good ones too. Like, um, the, the, what was the one with Chris Pine and Denzel? The, the train that wouldn't slow down. It was Speed with a Train. Oh. Did you ever see that one? Um,
0: Unstoppable. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it, but I was thinking of a different one. I was thinking of that John yeah. I was thinking of the Taking of Pelham, but no, a different movie. That had Denzel in it too, didn't uh,
1: it? Yeah, yeah, it did. Denzel loves yeah. trains. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but I mean she's had some other good ones like this Sin City and um, uh, there was um, a movie with uh, – oh it was Edward Norton called The 25th Hour where she played his girlfriend that was like really good. Uh, but more recently I think most people know her as kind of the Samuel Jackson of the Marvel Netflix TV shows. So like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage – Iron Fist defenders. She's the character that sort of pops up in all those shows, and she's really good in the good in the Marvel shows. Uh, she she did seem to end up in a lot of these comedies. Where, if for no other, I actually think Men in Black Two is a funny movie. It's not a good movie, but it's a funny movie. Uh, she seemed to end up in a lot of these comedies where she's maybe miscast because I don't find her particularly funny. Mm. I think that's the bigger problem I have with her. I think not a bad actress, just not funny. So why is she in all these comedies?
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, like. I'm kind of the same with Men in Black Too, like I used to hate it, but now it's just kind of it's it's the meh of the Man in Black trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um and I just kinda of think her character's kind of pointless in Man in Black Two. So um yeah, so I have yeah, I'm just looking at a filmography and apparently she did the voice of Wonder Woman in a few different uh things as well as she was the voice of uh Batgirl in uh the Lego Batman movie. So there you go. She's done a few little comic things, but mainly the voice. Anyway, so she's a singer, she's from the rough Part of America. Salt Lake City. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is, it's one of those things where, like, there are a few little moments where, kind of, they play a joke which is kind of funny, and you kind of think about it, and you're like, aha uh-huh, but you don't want to laugh. It's kind of like, with the Hillary's yeah. on the notes and things like that, you're kind of like, ah, oh, I see, oh no, I'm not laughing, though. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> Like, I kind of like that bit where they're like, I'm from Salt Lake City. Oh, rough town. Oh, tell me about it. Like, it's kind of like, of all the cities in America, Salt Lake City is not going to be the rough city. But, oh, ha the Mormons must have turned evil or something like that. <laughs> um, like, I will say, jumping for a few weeks ahead, like, at least with the cat in the hat, there was at least three times I legitimately laughed out loud. And like it's a terrible movie, but like, dirty Ho. like I don't know why I laugh so hard at that bit. Um, anyway, that's Cat in the Hat coming soon. Yeah, look forward to it. Um, but yeah, that's just I just don't get it with the comedy because I feel like I should laugh, but I'm, I'm kind of like Eddie Murphy. I'm just like, eh, I can't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but he's she's been sent up to the moon. She was told she could sing in a club. They then said no and then she's got to get back to Earth because her moon card's expiring, and she heard that Pluto is the only one who would overlook that little fact. Okay. Uh, And basically, he's going to give her a job as a waitress. So, uh, she's living the dream. Um, She... Because we find out her dad is like a smuggler that Pluto used to know. Okay. Um... (laughs) Be- I, I missed that completely in this movie. Again, this is, like, just little things where, like, they're setting this up. And I think one of the reviews or something I read or something I was online looking at, they basically w- it was saying at the end of the day, like, why does this need to be set on the moon? Like, there's there's no... You could have this movie on Earth in 2002 and it makes no difference to the plot. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like the comedy... The well, tronic- cloning. Well, cloning, yes. But, I mean... But then, why, why in the moon, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, two years previously, Arnold Schwarzenegger was cloning things, and the same year we had genetic yeah. sequencing and die another day, so it was 2002. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, this review I was reading was basically saying, like, I don't even know if that was the um, I finally watched Pluto Nash 1, was it, where they were saying, like, take the moon out of this. There's no reason the moon needs to be in this film, and it's the same movie with nothing different about it. So... Um, and one thing I will say though, with the the special effects of this movie, like some are bad, some actually aren't that bad. Like, and I don't think this movie necessarily gets criticism for the special effects. I mean, it had a hundred million dollars spent on it. You'd think something's got to look nice. Um, but yeah, I'm going all over the shop. Kind of like this movie. Um, just book note that, <laughs> Colin. I'm just going through this quickly. Anyway, we've got some bad guys rocking up. We've got uh, Joe Pandeliano and this weird. What is that? How this guy looks. <laughs> Yeah, because I was trying to
1: find a picture for him, and you could see pictures of him in other movies with the same like really crazy
0: lazy eye. Victor Venado is his name. Yeah, I just I wanted to ask if that's how he looked first before I was mean to him. (laughs) 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 But he's been in other things too, though. Like I swear I've seen him in something else. Um these guys are coming up and saying, "Hey, we're going to buy your club for 10 million dollars." Um and Pluto is like, "No, I'm not going to do that." <laughs> we meet uh, That was the best comedic delivery of Eddie Murphy I've
1: ever heard. Thanks, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I've
0: been working on it for a long time. We meet Randy Quaid, aka John Locke from Lost. Um come on, tell me you see it. Like <laughs> He's Locke. They all ugly. I think that's what they modelled Locke's look on when Terry and Quinn got the role in Lost. It's like, hey, I saw this great movie called Pluto Nasty the other year. You should model my character based on the Randy Quaid character, Bruno. Uh, <laughs> he's a, a robot bodyguard who... There's a joke in here, the fact that he's an old model compared to the newer models. Again, I feel like we should be laughing at this, but it's not something that we are laughing at. Um... He makes a joke about sleeping with his sister or something. Um, yes, uh, we hear the name Rex Crater, that he will buy your club. Gives him some $1,000 bills, we $10,000 bills with Hillary Clinton on it. Um, now, we always hear these articles about the Simpsons predicting the future. Do you think if Hillary Clinton had won the election, they would have had the articles of Pluto Nash predicting the future?
1: <laughs> well, I mean... We have Trump references in here too. We do. There's both Trump and Hillary references.
0: Which, again, like, this is kind of one of these things where we, I feel we should be laughing, like, haha. how did they know how relevant yeah. that would be? <laughs> like, the future. But we don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, this basically all ends up with Rosario Dawson going upstairs with a drink. Um, <laughs> there's a phone call. Sure, you don't want to sell your club. No, I don't. And if you want to see how bored Eddie Murphy is in this movie, watch his acting when he answers the phone. Because he's like, what the hell's the matter with you? I told you I don't want to buy it. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> he's so bored. Um And essentially the club blows up. Uh, <laughs> they go on a big chase. Um There's a joke about the 63 model Bruno running as fast as he can. He blew up his wooden stools and wood's really hard to find on the moon. And they end up going to a hotel to run away because they went into a trap. I'm not even bothering going into specifics here because all you need to know is the club got blown up and now Pluto Nash and Rosario Dawson and Bruno are on the run because people are trying to kill him because for some reason he said no to buying his club. Who are these evil people who get told no and then blow shit up? Like, it makes no sense. Can I
1: throw another thing at you here? You talked about how nothing about this movie or this story needed to be told on the moon. (laughs) What part of this story makes sense to have it be all over buying a club? Yeah. (laughs) Like, the guy was a smuggler. If you want a crime story about mobsters trying to kill a man because he's not giving one, make him a smuggler still. Make him a drug dealer. Make him a a pimp. Make him anything but a respectable club owner. Like... (laughs) There's so many opportunities this movie had to do something big, to do something fun, and instead they just give him those bored – why didn't we just make him an accountant already? Like, Eddie – how about Eddie Murphy the actuary and the mobs out to get the actuaries of the world? Like (laughs) – there is nothing more boring they could have done this movie than just make him a business owner.
0: What is the pitch meeting? They get there and they're like, "Oh, it's a it's a true coming of age story about a down on his luck, you know, ex smuggler who's just come out of jail and is trying to find a new life for himself. So he sets up a successful club, and then the mafia mob come after him and blow up his club because they can. Uh- <laughs> and why? Why? His- why does he run away? Like, why does he not just go to the cops? and go, hey, these guys tried to buy my club. I said, no, they blew it up. Arrest them. <laughs> Even more, like he should have still been a criminal in this movie, because then
1: it makes sense that he's not going to the cops. Here he's like, listen, I'm a real respectable business owner. I put millions of dollars you know, into the economy every single year. I pay
0: your salary. I'm a taxpayer. This is like if Tom Cruise came to our house, and he's been like, you called me gay on your podcast last year. Yes, Mr. Cruz, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, well, don't do that. I want some money. Oh, no, it's all right. We'll apologise on air. Then he leaves and starts shooting at us. Then we would have just gone to the cops and gone, hey, look, sorry, we called Mr. Cruz gay, we're sorry, but he's illegally trying to kill us. <laughs> like... it's that we run away and try to solve the mystery ourselves. And <laughs> <laughs> end up catching him in bed with John Travolta. Aha! We knew it! <laughs> And Randy Quaid! Just because! (laughs) And Eddie Murphy's there, but he's too bored to do anything. (laughs) Uh, I will tell
1: you, like, um, you hit the nail on the head just saying that it should be funny, but it's not. There's a lot to be said about bad delivery in this movie, or just a lack of delivery. It's like a cold reading of a comedy script. Uh, And there's Two people in this movie who come close to being funny and to getting that this is a funny movie. The first is Randy Quaid. So I'll give Randy Quaid full props. I don't think I actually laughed out loud once at Randy Quaid in this movie, but I could tell he was trying something. (laughs) The other one was Jay Moore, who plays Tony Francis, his friend in here, Mm -hmm. who's absolutely hilarious – Without really even having I – mean, when I say absolutely hilarious, I'm talking about Pluto Nash hilarious. <laughs> so that means there was one moment in this where I'm like, oh, that was pretty funny. <laughs> like one moment in the whole movie. Uh, but I don't – are you familiar with Jay Moore from anything else? No, no. Oh, you should check him out. Now, he was on Saturday Night Live, like, during the, I guess, the heyday of our time growing up, like, with Mike Myers and Phil Hartman and Rob Schneider, Adam Sandler, Dana Carvey, all those guys. Uh, he wasn't, like, a big star on it. He was, like, you know, one of the guys who would appear, you know, in one skit and maybe was listed as a guest star at the time. Uh but he then went on, to, I guess, have his big break in Jerry Maguire playing the guy that fired Tom Cruise. Oh, we know somebody else Tom Cruise <laughs> slept with. <laughs> Tom. But um Daddy he, he kind of developed this uh semi-successful career in the late 90s, kind of alternating between dramas and comedies, but he is a stand-up comedian. And he made a movie called Suicide Kings with Christopher Walken, which was really good. And since then he's kind of made it A career almost out of being known as the world's best Christopher Walken impression. And it's unfortunate if you look on the internet most of the time when you find, you try to search for Jay Moore, Christopher Walken impression, you're going to get him doing interviews just sort of going into it there is one really hilarious clip which is just the audio from one of his stand-up bits where he tells a story about working with Christopher Walken just look up Jay Moore Christopher Walken uh if you need more elaboration it's a story about how humans should have tails and it's just this hilarious bit that he does the most impressive it sounds more like Christopher Walken than Christopher Walken does it about Christopher Walken going on a rant about how he wished humans had tails uh <laughs> Jay Moore is an absolutely hilarious human being and it almost shows in this movie uh, I I even like the, the a few of the quick lines like where Eddie Murphy's making fun of him or Pluto Nash's making fun of him he says you got a dress on it goes it's a kilt it's very manly he goes yeah it's a very manly dress <laughs> um, there's one really funny part later on but even when uh, they eventually settle on his name saying, you know you need something cool like Italian like Tony Francis and Jay Moore is like yeah Tony ladies and gentlemen Tony Francis and then you started hearing him go, Starting fans, <laughs> like he's actually imitating scurfies. That made me laugh. Uh, there's a quick cameo here. We we run through the the cast of this movie. Most of them are people who were probably just doing this as a favor to somebody, like maybe a favor to Eddie Murphy. Who knows? Because these actors, like Alec Baldwin, we're going to see later, pop into this movie. For no reason whatsoever, and then are just gone. And one of them here is one of the mobsters, uh, who's Burt Young, who you probably know because you haven't seen them, but he's, I guess, the second lead character in all the Rocky movies. Like, this is Rocky's best friend from the first six movies that they then killed off. Another really great actor who always plays a mobster almost, but, uh, I, I thought that was fun just seeing Polly in there. Um, the-, the way that he sells them on this club, I think it makes sense. Like, this isn't one of these stories that just doesn't make sense, like the room, where he's like, "Listen, instead of killing him, uh, why don't you let me, you know, pay off his debt and then I'll take over this club?" You know, it, that makes sense. But like you said, he, he should have no money—two, <laughs> two and a half million dollars—is that what it was? Yeah. million. Like, two
0: and a half
1: million (laughs) dollars. I I understand people get released from prisons. They'll give them, you know, some cash. This is to get on your feet or whatever. They're not giving them two and a half million dollars, especially if they're guilty of smuggling. Like, was he hiding this money somewhere? All the more reason why his character should have still been a smuggler throughout this movie. (laughs) Um Perfect example of funny dialogue where you're like, that's funny, but I just, oh, I can't bring myself to laugh. When they have that divorce comment, it's like, oh, Tommy here is getting divorced tomorrow. Oh, congratulations. And they actually have this as if it's like the conversation. He's getting married. Oh, congratulations. Instead, it's like, he's getting divorced. Congratulations. Like, it's funny, but oh, why can't I do it?
0: Like, (laughs) you're gritting your teeth. Just laugh already. It's kind of (laughs) funny. Eddie Murphy deserves it! Come on! <laughs> laugh already! God damn it!
1: <laughs> I actually wrote my laugh. Boy, it's a laugh every 15 minutes in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned like the effects. The effects are pretty decent. Uh, again, another one of these things where it's like, is nothing that impressive, even for 2002, but it's not bad for 2002. Uh, I'll make the argument that the first few Harry Potter movies, which had, you know, hundreds of million dollars budget, had much worse visual effects than The Adventures of Pluto Nash. But some of the practical effects look pretty bad, like, during this fight scene where they blow up his club and him and Rosario Dawson hit the ground. Like, they hit the carpet, and you can clearly tell there's, like, about a foot and a half of crash pads underneath them because this carpet sinks, (laughs) like, way further than it should. And it just looks like they're landing on crash pads. Some of that's pretty bad, but... I don't know. It's just, oh, I, I, I want to like this, but just
0: like it already. <laughs> I can imagine you see this in the movie, and then everybody in the cinema's got this look on their face, and you're looking at, you're like, just laugh already, just, just, just do it. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. <laughs> this is this is gonna be the exact opposite of watching the emoji movie in a week. Just, just end already. He's a mess. Who cares? Ben Cornyn, Stop it! You're not funny! What is it, Mojiboss? It makes no sense!
1: I just gotta find my note here. I wanna see where I wrote it. Um, or I'll save it till we get there. I'll leave it as a surprise for people. So
0: tell so, me already! Most, I'm I'm not, I wanna know what it is!
1: <laughs> the light at the end of the tunnel is I knew I'd laugh more in this podcast than I did turn the official <laughs>
0: Well, that's going on our poster. That's going on our slogan. The Oz Network, (laughs) funnier than the adventures of Pluto Dash. Twice as many laughs as Pluto Dash. (laughs) Hosted by one of the three people that Eddie Murphy knew liked this film.
1: (laughs) Oh, I found it. I found my note. Okay. Uh, so this is basically coming up just the next scene, but I'll let you get to that in a second. But I actually wrote, the lack of humor is actually making me angry. Because I started to feel kind of uptight, and I'm like, what is wrong? Like, why is this movie making me uptight? And I realize I'm, I'm getting frustrated with this thing. <laughs> like, I'm feeling real angry that I'm not laughing right now. <laughs> Which is where it comes Come on, it's funny! Why
0: can't I laugh? You know what it needs? It needs a laugh track. You know when you're watching like a bad sitcom that's not funny, but you still find (laughs) yourself laughing because you're being told to with a laugh track? That's what it needs. (laughs) Salt Lake City, I hear that's a rough town. Ah! (laughs) You can't get wood on the moon. (laughs) I'm a model sixty-three! I can't run any faster. Ah I'm a hundred
1: and ten volts, she's a hundred and twenty. Just get an adapter. Oh! <laughs> Let's just redo the whole movie. We will do a script reading for you next year. <laughs> Pluto Nash <and> Month. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> We will do a reading with us putting less enthusiasm in it than Eddie Murphy did, but with a laugh track, and you people will laugh.
0: <laughs> oh, God. I, I feel, I feel like given that we also set ourselves a challenge in 2019 to do something every single episode, and there's no way I can tie this into the episode. I'm just going to say it right now. This movie is coarse and rough and irritating. It gets everywhere <laughs> there. Sand. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. <laughs> it's done with the well, movie.
1: You know what you do have to do? Oh, first of all, this came out in 2002, a year oh, where yes. another movie, <laughs> with much better visual effects and much funnier <laughs> moments that weren't intentional.
0: <laughs> this movie was also nominated for Worst Picture alongside Star Wars Episode 2, <laughs> Attack of the Coins, because it's coarse and rough and irritating and gets everywhere. <laughs> Can I just point out that because we're, we're doing Star Wars Episode Two this year, yeah, get excited. Yep. Um we're, we're doing the Pluto Pluto Nash recap now. We did swept away last year. We have done three out of the five worst picture nominees for the two thousand two oh. Golden Raspberry. We just need to do Crossroads with Britney Spears and Pinocchio with Robert Panini and we've ticked it off. Make it happen. <laughs> Uh, I've actually seen Crossroads. Yeah, it's shit. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Uh- <laughs> Just laugh already! Um... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it's funny! <laughs> um, so they're in the hotel. Locke's getting charged. Again, should be funny. Not funny. I'm still calling him Locke. I'm sorry, Randy Quaid. Um... <laughs> What was, before you go on, can I just comment, I was going to mention that
1: when you said he looks like Locke. I saw the opening credits for this movie knowing nothing about it other than that Eddie Murphy was in the movie. And I started seeing the names roll off. John Cleese, uh, you know, Pam Greer, Alec Baldwin, Randy Quaid. I'm like, Randy Quaid's in this, that's awesome. He's one of the first characters introduced. It was 45 minutes into this movie before I'm like, that's who Randy Quaid is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think the whole time, I'm like, as from somewhere. It was
0: Locke. <laughs> Terry O'Quinn. <laughs> oh, come on, let's be honest. Terry O'Quinn could have done a good job in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't tell me what I can't do. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a terrible <laughs> Locke impersonation. <laughs> Actually, in, in, the, in the, uh, you know, the scheme of this movie, it was a pretty good one. Uh, <laughs> Um, he's getting charged. Um, there's, again, some jokes I feel we should be laughing at. Mooners can't stand earthlings. Oh, I went to earth once. There were bugs and shit and I saw the moon. That was the best thing about being on earth. Like, again, I should be laughing, but I'm not. <laughs> Just laugh, please. <laughs> um, he talks about these 20 years of smuggling again. So, you know, he's previously like, why is he friends with Peter Boyle, a cop? Who, like, like, what past criminal gets out of jail and is like, hey, I'm besties with a cop. <laughs> like, that's not how it works. Um. I'm gonna let them walk out with 2.5 million dollars. <laughs> and then later on, when we meet the, the Puerto Rican dude who's all like, hey, awesome, Pluto Nash, you've got a great reputation. If he's so beloved in the smuggling landscape, then why do they love him if he's friends with cops? <laughs> you <Yeah>. snitch! <laughs> Then we got let out of jail after seven years and got two point five million dollars. Pluto Nash is a snitch. <laughs> he told him <them> everything. <laughs> he should be dead. <laughs> um, the Puerto Rican guy
1: should be shaking in the middle of that moon buggy.
0: <laughs> and can I also just also point it out, are Pluto Nash, Rosario Dawson, and Pam Greer the only black people on the moon? <laughs> like, I don't think there's any other non white people on this moon I besides th- Felix. I don't think
1: Rosario Dawson's black though.
0: Oh, she's like mixed isn't she isn't she mixed race
1: well, i think she's puerto rican as well isn't she
0: oh is she oh well i mean i mean she's not white <laughs> okay. it's, like, it's a person of color they're black <laughs> <laughs> i didn't mean it that i meant like she's not white i will <laughs> You know, in all
1: fairness she does very frequently get cast as the female lead to you know black male actors but yeah I, I'm, I'm pretty sure she is you not are correct no, let's she see she
0: is puerto rican and cuban Ancestry: I'm Cuban,
1: Puerto Rican, yeah. Irish, and Native American.
0: Well, there you go. She's blended everything in there. Good on her. But, like, <laughs> any decent podcast would edit that out. Just edit it already! Or, Ben, like, stop being racist! Um, <laughs> it's
1: like... Ben's like, one touch of Cuban, one touch of Puerto Rican, one touch of Irish, and a pinch of Native American. The recipe for black!
0: <laughs> My point is, is that the moon's racist, the right? There's, like... <laughs> Three non-white, four non-white people on this moon. The moon's racist. You just said she's black. She's got some color. I'm blaming it on the moon. Well, the moon's white. You know what I mean? A shade darker than Randy Black. Stop trying to make me sound racist with my point about there not being enough coloured people on the moon. (laughs) Um, Yes, the moon is very (laughs) white. Yes, the moon is very white. Um, I don't know why my point is, but again, this movie has no point, so... um, where am I even up to? Oh, right. Bugs and shit, saw the moon, 20 years of smuggling, fire hazard. Okay. Uh, I'm just reading my notes. Um, he goes off to, uh, meet Peter Boyle, and we get Rosario Dawson sticking her tongue out at Randy Quaid, cause it's funny! <laughs> ha ha ha! <laughs> She's acting like a child, and it's hilarious! Um. So yes, we meet Peter Boyle. um, They're playing pool with rocks or something. Um, He needs to find Rex Crater, and of course, no one knows where Rex Crater is. He's only a myth. Oh, you know, but I might know somebody who knows where he is. A cloner who? What is? It, what is it even the the way that he gets to this woman? That she helped out somebody who helped out Rex Crater. So I don't know. Like <laughs> I'm just trying to figure it out. Anyway, he knows somebody who knows Rex Crater. He's going to go see her. Uh, some other hilarious jokes in here that we should be laughing at. Oh, I knew this guy. He cloned a basketball team out of one guy. Oh, yes, the Air Jordans. I mean, again, that's funny, but I'm not laughing. Like, I get what they're <laughs> doing there. And then <laughs> And then there's a street that's named after Microsoft. Again. <laughs> funny. Get it? <laughs> but. I, you know, and then, like, the line when he turns around and says to him, That's what I like about you. I ask a simple question and four hours later I get an answer. Nah, funny! But I'm not laughing! <laughs> um, he goes to this new, um, clinic thing with Rosario Dawson and there's this woman here who basically can transform them and so we get to see a funny sequence of them in holograms and, Body shaming Rosario Dawson because she doesn't have a nice ass. Like, what? Um, I don't understand it. She needs a police permit. He bats his eyelids and gives some Hillary's over and pretends to be a cop and then says that, oh, the only connection I know to Rex Crater is a, a briefcase with WZW on it. It's made of alligator skin. Uh, so, yep. Um, we're back at the hotel. Pluto's mum's there for some reason. <laughs> I love Pam Grier, but why is she in this movie? <laughs> what, what, what happened and to her he, career that she had to take this role in 2002 or 2000? What happened?
1: We just pointed, this is coming off of her big comeback, Jackie Brown, like the star of a Tarantino movie. It's like, I'm going to take the role of the mother in it Adventures of Pluto Nash, because I want to make people laugh.
0: There no purpose to this plot. Like, she's there to basically be like, you've got to be nice to your robot. Um, Bruno is grumpy about this. Um, cool. And then people attack the hotel. For some reason, they know where they are. Um, <laughs> and then this all leads to them having to steal a car with John Cleese in it to get to the far side of the moon. Um... I mean, I love John Cleese, huge John Cleese fan, but even he doesn't know what he's doing in this
1: movie. Thank
0: you! <laughs> I thought you were going to hate me for
1: saying that! I'm, like, I'm a huge fan of anything John Cleese does, like Faulty <laughs> Towers, maybe the funniest TV show in history. Oh,
0: easily, yes.
1: I, I was watching this being like, why can't he make me laugh? Come on! Now this is why I'm angry!
0: But like, John Cleese kind of has a bit of a habit for choosing some random roles, it's like, I know you've have you've seen George of the Jungle, or the Do- uh, you've seen George of the Jungle. George of right?
1: the Jungle, I saw. Yeah, it's yeah. um,
0: it's uh, the other Brendan Fraser one you haven't seen, the Canadian one, Dudley Do, Do- Right. Yeah, Do Um, but like you know, he randomly is in George of the Jungle doing the voice of the the ape named Ape. <laughs> like, but like he even in these roles where you kind of think like, oh, John Cleese is so much better than this. Like he still does well, but like in this movie, he's just Eddie Murphying it. He's just like. <laughs> oh, good gosh! I'm being stolen. Oh, he's going to have his way. To get her drunk and have away with her. Like <laughs> it's just like literally they've written this script and gone, "Hey, let's have a talking hologram as the car security, and let's have it be a really famous British actor who's funny." Ah, uh, <laughs> they've gone and gotten John Cleese. Wait a second.
1: Should we write some funny lines to go along with it? No, he'll make anything funny. <laughs> just like Eddie Murphy. <laughs>
0: I would have loved to been at the the worldwide premiere for this movie because I feel no one showed up. Uh, (laughs) I feel the the freaky lazy eye guy was the only guy who showed up. (laughs) I'm gonna be a big star, and the the IMX band was like, "Yeah, guys, we did a song for an Eddie Murphy movie," and everyone's like, "Where's Eddie Murphy? Where's John Cleese? Where's Rosario Dawson? Where's Pam Grier?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um so they go off driving, there's a romantic scene of them looking up at the sky that night lasts for two weeks. <laughs> okay. Um then we have oh, we have other random actor guy I like, James is it Seb Horn, Seb I can never say his name. Um who of course uh Rebhorn, not Seb Horn, what am I saying Seb Horn for?
1: Oh yeah. He's
0: great. Um, AKA Independence Day. Uh, he was the dad in Homeland. He was in Third Watch for a couple of episodes. He's sadly no longer with us. He died, I think, in... Oh, only a few years ago. 2014. Um, but I really Oh, spoilers! Oh, sorry! <laughs> <laughs> James <laughs> Redhorn month. Coming soon. <laughs> uh, but he's questioning Joe Padliani guy and lazy eye guy and like, oh, Crater's gonna be upset. <laughs> okay. Um, they then go to a hideout where Pluto Nas hid stuff. We have a weird remix of Dancing in the Moonlight, cause why not? They're on the moon, get it? Um, uh, <laughs> but they're not dancing though. Um, there's a bit of a floating scene, cause it's romantic to glide on the moon. We go inside and there's this maid who just drops a thing and goes, oops! And bends over. It's like, oh, I left it on oops mode! Again, it should be funny! But it's not, because then Randy Quaid hashtag Me Too slaps it on the ass. <laughs> Miss me? Guess not. <laughs> um, they search for this briefcase, and then Smarty Pants Rosario Dawson is like, "Hey, maybe it's not WCW, maybe it's MZM or whatever it is." So of course, <laughs> that then finds out that. That's correct, they search it, they find this mob boss played by Alec Baldwin, Michael Zarosta Marucci. Can I just point out that I've read that Alec Baldwin was so embarrassed that he was in this movie that he asked to be uncredited for this role. I wonder why his name isn't in there. <laughs> so there is nowhere anywhere that you see Alec... I forgot that Alec Baldwin's in this movie. But yeah, I read on... The- I think it's an IMDb trivia point that they said that Alec Baldwin... uh Yeah, Alec Baldwin disliked this film so much he insisted on being uncredited. Uh, imagine if Eddie Murphy did that. He got to the end of it and was like, "Yeah, it just keep me in, but just don't credit me for being in the film." <laughs> Starring Randy Quaid
1: *The Adventures of Pluto Nash*.
0: <laughs> but we see this video of Alec Baldwin flirting with a reporter and shoving a guy down the stairs, and no one cares. Well, that's timely. That's timely now. <laughs> I did laugh when the, yeah, the nostalgia critic basically said, like, this actually wasn't footage of Alec Baldwin acting, this was just an Alec Baldwin appearance at court. (laughs) (laughs) That's why his name's not in the movie. Can we just point out that two out of the three, uh, or two of the four movies, Alec Baldwin's not in uh, the Book of Henry, is he? Because Alec Baldwin's in 50% of our movies this month. (laughs) (laughs) And we like Alec Baldwin, alright? Um there's a bit in here about pets being illegal on the moon and a frozen chihuahua. <laughs> like, I, I I do admit, I, I honestly do give a bit of a chuckle to when Eddie Murphy's, like, just whack it on Thor and the bitch will be going, rawr, 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 around the place. But then, like, I stopped laughing because I realised that Eddie Murphy was bored after he told the joke. Like, <laughs> there should be a moment where you're laughing. But just laugh already. Uh, <laughs> Eddie
1: Murphy's like just be funny
0: what's wrong with me um they want to have a dinner. can make this funny they want to have a dinner party there's enough food and water for them to last a couple of months Peter Boyle's talking to an FBI guy who then kills him um just die in this movie look at how much I missed <laughs> again I'm just skipping over so much stuff here Pam Greer calls up Eddie Murphy and he's like why the fuck are we in this movie oh and also Peter Boyle just got murdered Uh <laughs> They show up, there's a shootout because they found out where he was. Um, the maid that keeps going, oops, loses a close. Uh, <laughs> there's a car chase. Um, uh, the car blows up, and then Randy Quaid carries them out of the thing because their oxygen's running out. His battery's low, and then Felix shows up. Um, not Felix Lighter <laughs> The fourth non-white person things. on the moon. <laughs> we'll cap it there. <laughs> um,
1: wow, where to begin? Uh... <laughs> okay, so the uh, the Air Jordan's line, I wrote the same thing. I'm like, why am I not laughing at this? It kind of makes sense. Um, I will say that we kind of joked about, like, they're predicting technology of the future, when you see a movie, especially when Alice is 17 years old almost, well, even older when you consider this was filmed, like what, 19 years ago? Yeah. You would expect that it, you'd kind of be looking at it be like, oh, look at, look at how ridiculous it is they thought that this was the future would be like, or this already looks dated and it's only been 18 years. Some of the technology in here, it, it's pretty cool. Like the pool table they have where the balls will just find themselves back to the center. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then whenever they're on the video phone or whatever, it, it'll display different things like uh, – or, or A when they're watching a movie, there's a scene where um, uh, Pluto and um, Rosario Dawson are watching the movie, and it's displaying facts about the movie and the actors on the side of the screen. I'm like, well, that's basically what Netflix or Amazon Prime does now. Uh, so I like the technology bits they have in this movie. They, they did pretty well with that. Um, but the plot, I mean, <laughs> at what expense? Because – I didn't know a what Peter Boyle was doing in this movie. I didn't realize he died. <laughs> I'm kind of sad. Now. Is it a clear death, or was I just sleeping?
0: I think you were sleeping because he's like in that elevator. He gets like stabbed and or shot or whatever, and that's why Pam Greer rings up and is like, Eddie, "We're in the shit movie, and Peter Boyle just died. Run! There's a chihuahua. Oops."
1: I, I probably was in one of my fits of rage. It was, this is funny.
0: Come on. <laughs> Peter Boyle's in it! He makes me laugh! <laughs> um, stung by a bee, mo- Scott? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Another one of the moments where I'm like, uh, this should really be funny, I don't know why, he's, when he's um, doing his fake cop routine. So they've gone through the whole uh, cloning... Process, so this is what we're gonna get done, and, oh, you need a permit, here's our permit. It's like, well, okay. alright, you're busted, miss, something whatever, and he's flashing his fake badge. I'm like, well, this should kinda of be funny, but it's just, it, it's just, it's flat, I don't get it. Uh, and, you can't just say, well, Eddie Murphy phoned his performance. You can make anything funny by just, you know, playing the editing different, have the other actor be funny, like, nobody is trying in this movie. And they spend so much time on it, it's like, it's it's kind of like the sadness I feel when, when I think about you making your Kill Phil Volume 2 or whatever. What about effort
0: the better, time you wasted. All <laughs> finally tried. That was the best acting I could <laughs> ever do.
1: <laughs> and yet that was funnier than this was.
0: Yay! I'm putting that on the, the re-anniversary... <laughs> The movie next year, 15th anniversary <laughs> of Kill Bill 2. Actual and quote, much funnier much. than the adventures of Pluto Nash. Colin Hilding, the Oz Network. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, and we get the Trump Realty sign when they start driving ah, yeah. you know, with, in the John where it says, Trump Realty, if you lived here, you'd be home by now. Which, again, I thought that there's a million funnier jokes as you would have written now, obviously, but... Even aside from that, I swear that I've seen that joke somewhere else. If you lived here, you'd be home by now. I've seen that somewhere even recently. So I think that even this, which is kind of funny, is a stolen joke. Uh, the Uh Yeah, Alec Baldwin shoving the guy down the stairs. <laughs> My first thought was they were just rolling the cameras one day. <laughs> and this is like Bo- Eddie Murphy's character in Bowfinger. How are we going to get Alec Baldwin into the movies? Just follow him <laughs> around with a camera. Sit in there somewhere. <laughs> He's feeling up a woman. He's <laughs> shoving a guy down the stairs. Perfect. Put him in the Adventures of Pluto Nash, because <laughs> it's not even like it's sci-fi. That's what makes this theory all the more crazy. Is it? It's not like when they're on Earth that everybody's you know floating around on these you know hover cars or stuff like that. It just looks like they're walking out of the courtroom steps, <laughs> and they literally just filmed that thing. We put it together. It, they, um, they just needed is- him to
0: like turn to the camera, like Biff Back to the Future Two. I was framed. <laughs> Just to make it a bit sci-fi. <laughs> uh, the 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 way that this movie
1: oversells the really lame—I don't even want to call them plot twists—but they'll do it later with the Eddie Murphy clone thing. This is what they do with the WZWMZM. Where he's like, what could WZW mean? And she just sort of flips over, maybe it's MZM. They could have made that a funny joke. She's like, um, how about MZM, idiot? And instead it's like, wait, what if it were MZM? He goes, hmm. And he punches at the computer. It's like, aha, I'm on to something. <laughs> and the audience is going like, that is the lamest twist ever. <laughs> and why are they making such a big deal? It's going to get even more frustrating when we get the big reveal of the clone Murphy later. Uh, I will say... I like uh, the the line that uh, Rosara Dawson has, where he's saying, "What kind of singer are you?" She goes, "Oh, you know, weddings, bar mitzvahs, reincarnation rituals, the usual gigs." That was kind of funny, uh, not enough to make me laugh. Because laughing was... it did. <laughs> they don't have reincarnations on Earth. I know it's funny. What's wrong with me? <laughs>
0: That's the joke.
1: <laughs> uh, when they blow up their apartment or hotel or whatever, they're like, what are we gonna do? The bathroom. Why is it lethal weapon to this? Why is bathrooms the only safe place in movies? <laughs> Cause the whole building blows up and the bathroom is still standing somehow. I don't understand it. Uh the, the 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 moon sequence is gonna come up here. Another missed opportunity where I'm talking about the effects here or even even let's even look at humor. Here, here's an easy way to make this funny. When they're trying to get out of the space thing or whatever. Um <clears throat> have I gone too far here? Yeah, who cares. What part do we get up? <laughs> okay, who cares? <laughs> so there's a moment where they're trying to get out of like the hatch or whatever, and he, Eddie Murphy tosses Rosario Dawson out of the, the hatch or whatever. He tosses in like the zero gravity thing, he tosses her out of the air. And she just sort of floats forward and lands. And I'm like what a perfect opportunity. But don't worry, I'll get you out of here, baby. And he tossed her up in the air and because of zero gravity, she slowly floats up and then imagine she just slowly floated right back down into the hole. That would have made me laugh and I was expecting that because it took so long and instead it's like whoop. <laughs> <laughs> like well, where's the? Boo? <laughs> this is a telegraph joke people. <laughs> and then the another funny thing is when they're fighting on the moon, and people are moving it, like, super slow-mo because they're on the moon. It's like, whoosh. And then they hit them, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Your fist's traveling about an inch per second. There is no way that makes the pow effect when he hits them. <laughs> um, I don't even know where we're at here. Uh, I put the action wasn't awful. Again, it's not great, but it wasn't terrible. The music's great. It made it a lot better. Um, and I don't know.
0: <laughs> I think that's on the movie poster. The action isn't terrible.
1: <laughs> music makes it better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I, I don't, I get, let's talk about the other guy, the, the guy who picks him up. Felix is his name. Yeah. Um, there's a perfect example of. It's kind of the opposite of the rest of this movie. Is the rest of this movie is like really funny lines and the actors just aren't funny delivering it. With this guy, it's like he's funny in the way he I've seen this guy in other movies and he's oh, yeah. usually pretty funny as well. Um He is delivering these lines that have zero humor to it, and he's delivering it like it's supposed to be really funny. You know? It's like, Pluto Nash, I really idolize you, you're like the greatest smuggler ever. And the way he's delivering it, it's like, Oh, we're the greatest smuggler ever. And you're like, <laughs> a line of dialogue. There's no joke there, buddy.
0: <laughs> he's a Halle imagine. Berry of... Um,
1: <laughs> can you imagine if this guy played Pluto Nash? I think that would be a funny movie, because he's trying when it's not a joke.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, oh, <And> we're not- <laughs> so I definitely jumped ahead, but who cares? I, I don't care. Uh, I think I'll probably wrap the whole movie up in my next section here, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and again, I'm the one who likes this movie, people. and. Uh, yes. I'm losing it in this recap. Um yeah, this guy is um Luis Luis Guzman. Um and he has oh, been lots of things. Um I think he's in a lot of Adam Sandler movies, is he not? It's probably why. Um, he was in um Yes Man. He's a guy I don't know if you've seen the Jim Carrey Yes Man. He's the one who's like about to jump out of the building and Jim Carrey starts singing to him before he falls out of there. Um he yeah, he's in a lot of Adam oh, Sandler movies. <laughs> he's in Boogie Nights?
1: Yeah. That's where I remember him from.
0: Um I love the fact that uh he was also in the 2017 movie Nine Eleven starring Charlie Sheen. Um, <laughs> because let's be honest, if we all wanted a nine eleven movie made to star Charlie Sheen and the Puerto Rican driver from the adventures of <laughs> Pluto Nash. <Net, laughs> Source material, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know, I actually do want to see that movie, cause like, I, I do like, I have sort of, you know, a, a fascination with all things 9-11, and I kind of like, I'll see generally any movie based around it. And, you know, I've heard it's terrible, but it's got Whoopi Goldberg in it? I love Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Louise Guzman? Yes. It's also got Olga Fonda in it. Must be Jane's <laughs> long-lost daughter or something. <laughs> I have no idea. She's quite attractive. Whoever she is, hello, Olga Fonda, if you're listening. Anyway, uh, <laughs> don't worry. All right, Luis Guzman's also attractive in it. I'm trying to be <laughs> fair in 2019. Come on, now, it gets worse every year. Um, all right, where are we up to? Yes. Um, he's of course his name's are- Felix. Why is his name Felix? Like, does every Latino character have to be called Felix? Uh,
1: <laughs> are there others with the name Felix?
0: I don't know, Felix Leiter? Uh. Is he he Latin? (laughs) I don't see race, Colin. Uh. You just said,
1: why is every Latino character named Felix? I'm like, okay, we got one.
0: (laughs) Um, Yes, and of course, of all the places on the moon that he just happens to bump into someone, it's his number one fan. Couldn't this be his number one enemy? Like... You smuggled shit off me ten years ago. I'm going to kill you. Um, and then like there's how, this... go for it. Go how
1: for it. out of date is this fanboy too? Because he's been a successful businessman for seven years. How many years was he in prison prior
0: to that? No, uh, who knows? And like if and if and if he's this esteemed in the smuggling industry again, why? <laughs> it's like he with cops and like <laughs> yeah. like Han went- Solo uh, even after he pays off Jabba. Like, we've missed 30 years in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, but I'm sure he's still got people coming after him because he was a smuggler. (laughs) Like, it just doesn't go away. (laughs) Probably also got a lot of friends that could bail him out of this situation, too. (laughs) I mean, his son turned to the dark side and killed him. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen The Force Awakens, but whatever. All right. (laughs) You know, good on Han Solo for getting killed before The Last Jedi. That's all I can say. Like, Harrison Ford, you got out at the right time, mate. You did well. Mark Hamill tried. He was in it for, two, like, two seconds, all right? Then he had to milk a whale. And the he Last out. Jedi actually did kill Luke Skywalker. The Last Jedi actually killed Carrie Fisher. Yes!
1: <laughs> Look at this! Look what you did, Ryan Johnson! You killed all of our favorites from the original trilogy. If Billy <laughs> Dee Williams dies, I'm blaming you.
0: Exactly. You're bringing back Lando purely to get killed off. <laughs> Fuck you, Disney. Fuck you, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> I want them to get to the end of Episode Nine and just have, like Harrison Ford, "Oh, it was all a dream." <laughs> <laughs> That would be the one time that plot device I will be happy with. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, um, yes, Felix, um, has a bad robot experience, uh, and wants to, like, go get Randy Quaid. Again, this is why this is not Randy Quaid. This is, um, Terry O'Quinn because Bad Robot, that is the company, <laughs> the JJ uh, Abrams. Uh, uh, <laughs> See, get it? See the connections there? Never. Um, I do like that line when, like, Pluto Nash is like, Oh, I need you to take me to Moon Beach. I'll take you to Miami Beach. I'm your number one fan. <laughs> That's what I wanted to be like. All right, take me to Miami Beach. <laughs> See, then you'd be off the moon and you wouldn't have people after you, Pluto. See, <laughs> like, listen to this guy. Um, rates itself. He, they get to Moon Beach. Um, he wants him to sign his helmet. Uh, <laughs> all robots have to be checked in. There's a weird scene with a rapey slot machine. I don't understand. Oh, what is that? I don't get it. What are these slot machines that come after other robots and are basically forcing themselves onto him? Like, why? <laughs> He's and just defending he himself. He goes to jail. He's defending himself. This, this robot's trying <laughs> guess- to rape him still harassment and he goes to jail. See what we mean? Double standards. If this is a man coming on to a woman, it's no. Like, the, the man's in jail. But because the woman coming on to a man and he breaks off a slot arm, oh, no, you're in the wrong. Yes, he breaks off the slot, Are I don't know what it is. <laughs> the She's the a dirty are. slot. <laughs> 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 uh, and, of course... <laughs> they're at his casino. Tony Francis is big and famous now. So they're there to see him. Um, doesn't want to pay with his thumbprint. So that doesn't cause suspicious. I, this is again another thing that doesn't make sense. He tries to say to this clerk at the hotel, Oh, can I please see him? We're old friends. Oh no, that can't be possible. Okay, give me a ticket to the show. After the show, he ends up just going backstage and seeing him anyway. <laughs> Why has he wasted all this money to see his friend when he could have just done that anyway? (laughs) Um let's see here. Uh oh right, I'm I'm going back over old scenes there. Um so they Randy Quaid's arrested No, he's not, it's my old friend Earl from West Virginia You're not a robot, you're an animal, whatever. Uh, and as they're walking through the lobby, Felix is like, hey, Pluto Nash, I love you! And of course... That was kind of funny. That then, of course, sets off all the goons. Like, again, what, Pluto Nash is dumb. Why doesn't he just say to Felix as he gets out of the car, don't let anyone know I'm here. Like, that's all you have to say. And he gets through everything here perfectly fine. Um So he then goes out and gets... To see the show, oh, I do. I do like the line when um, what is it? where Felix gets the the cops come up to him to, a, you know, because he's got the dodgy dice, and the way he turns around is like, "You never heard of me?" That's because you're stupid. <laughs> like it's yes. such a stupid line, but it's actually kind of funny. Uh, but again, I'm not laughing. Uh, don't know. <laughs> Just laugh. Just laugh. I do like the introduction to Tony Francis' show with like the big hologram. That actually kind of looks cool. Um, and then he comes out and he's like, singing, fly me to the moon. Cause why not? You're on the moon. I get it. Um, the goons are looking in the hall. Um, Eddie Murphy kisses Rosario Dawson because all the sexual chemistry between these two has been so strong this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've been dying to see them kiss. Seriously, I think there's more chemistry between Randy Quaid and Rosario Dawson. Uh- <laughs> So he's then singing My Kind of Town, but instead of Chicago, it's what? Moon Beach is my kind of town. Ha! I get it. Um, he then sneaks backstage, meets Tony Francis. He's married Fran Dresser and cloned her twice. Uh, <laughs> that woman is so <laughs> Fran Dresser. Come on. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just laugh. Come on, laugh.
0: <laughs> Remember how good Santa's sleigh was? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, <Panda>. <laughs> <laughs> um he starts talking to Pluto Nash about oh yes, Rex Crater watches me every night from his penthouse, but I don't know how to get there. Oh wait, I do So we go into this elevator scene where it is actually kind of funny the way he's explaining it. Like you got to jump there, you got to jump down there on the ledge, and you got to do this, you got to do that, you do this. Like I like I I agree with you. I think kind of Jay Moore is like maybe one of the funniest in this movie because he's actually putting in an effort. There is one scene though which legitimately sums up this whole movie from Eddie Murphy. It's when he's staring like down there and like it's kind of one of those moments where it's meant to be silence before he's like, "What's Plan B." But, like, legitimately, yeah. it feels like he's staring for 10 minutes without saying a thing. Like, it just gets to the point where you're like, come on, Eddie, say something. Say something. Say something. And I reckon this Make just- me laugh, Eddie. <laughs> come on, I know what's coming. The director has literally had to go on, Eddie, line. And then he's like, what's plan B? <laughs> He's literally, they, you need to do like a, a, a thought bubble of him reminiscing and of like Beverly Hills copies just listening and going. <laughs> oh, uh, what's plan B? <laughs> when I used to make good movies. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, then they come out of the elevator. Uh, they get zapped by people. Um the robot meanwhile (laughs) is in jail and Rosario Dawson gets him out with again the most phoned in flirt in the history of movies. Like, come on, you can check it for me, can't you? And like this guy behind the desk just goes, Oh, okay. Like it's so (laughs) dumb. There's better acting in Kill Phil than this. to which, for some reason, he decides to open the door. I need to take a leak. Robots don't take leaks. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, meanwhile, back at the top, we open the penthouse, and here comes the big reveal. Who's Rex Crater? Oh, is it Alec Baldwin? Is it Billy Baldwin? Is it any Baldwin? No, it's not. <laughs> it's Eddie Murphy. <gasps> what? Plot twist. Is it written in every Eddie Murphy movie contract that he has to play more than one character? <laughs> like, oh, it has to be. Like, I can well, can we count them? Well, I love Eddie Murphy, but like, you've got what? Both Naughty Professors, Bowfinger, Finger. Norbert, um. <laughs> meet Dave? Meet Dave. Meet Dave. <laughs> That's five. Um, does he do more than one donkey voice in Shrek? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, like, he just. This is a thing, and like, we're gonna see it with Mike Myers and Cat in the Hat as well, like. <laughs> these are these actors who like to play multiple characters. Um, but then we get this weird plot, like, and like, the thing is, like, going back to what we we're saying about this movie taking itself seriously, and like, again, there's a, there is a genuine plot twist here, like, this would be cool, like, if we were invested in this movie, cause all of a sudden you're like, hang on a minute, what? Um, and it's basically implied that he was cloned in jail because they needed I can't even remember what they needed. Why did they clone him in jail? Anyway... I don't know! (laughs) Something, something, Alec Baldwin. Something, something, (laughs) murdered Alec Baldwin. Something, something, I'm going to kill you now, too, because I need your club. There we go.
1: (laughs) I was hoping you'd be able to clue me in on some of these things. Because here's the thing. I don't think that this movie is so confusing. Like, Like I said, the plot's not overly complicated. It's just... As an audience member, you just don't have it in you to go back and look again. Like, if I miss a line of dialogue in this movie, normally I'd be like, oh, what was the they just said? Oh, I'm sure that was important to hear I'm like, I, I, I don't care.
0: <laughs> okay, <so laughs> I'll I'm just be this. confused. Wikipedia. According <laughs> to Wikipedia, uh, at this, Rex Crater turns his chair around and reveals himself to be a clone of Pluto. Rex, also Eddie Murphy, and Belcher explain that Rex was created by Runa Pendanken. From Pluto, who's Is that the woman <laughs> from Pluto's removed appendix to act as the public face of Michael Marucci's Alec Baldwin's illegal activities? However, Rex has killed both Marucci and Runa and established his own criminal enterprise. He also states that he was the one who told his henchmen where Pluto was hiding out, due to him also inheriting Pluto's memories. Okay, cool. Uh- <laughs> yada 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 fight um yada 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 oh I'm confused which Pluto's which um there's a shootout then Rex Crater falls off and he dies um they go back to Little America um and Rosario Dawson sings Randy Quaid becomes the manager of the club the end <laughs> did I miss anything important there?
1: no look, there's nothing important <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm done. That's legitimately all I've got. (laughs) You like this movie? I do! I like this movie, but I don't know what's (laughs) happening at the end! Like, there's two Eddie Murphys, there's a guy falling out, there's a joke about not being compatible with vaults, Rosario Dawson lip-syncs, Felix wants steak and claw lobsters, (laughs) and Eddie Murphy ends with a cigar at the end because he's going, huh, I think of all the money I got paid to do this shit movie. Eddie Murphy got paid more money than this movie made. Um...
1: I have a crazy theory, uh, (laughs) but I I don't believe this is true. But I'll I'll save that for the end, so we'll get there. But I'm just going to say that right away in case I forget. (laughs) I gotta know! Because I know it's going to be funny! (laughs) Uh, Here's something else to go along with it. It should work, but it doesn't. You mentioned, like, the... I didn't even make a note about it, but the flirting scene, right? I mentioned, like, Rosario Dawson... She's not a very funny actress. Like, yeah, she's not unfunny. She's just, I don't know why she's in comedies. Like, she's quite attractive, especially in this, this sequence here when they're in the nightclub. Like, every time I was watching this on YouTube, every time I was watching, like, the actual still frames of her from the nightclub, I'm like, man, she looks pretty good there. But when she's doing the flirting with the guy here, I'm just like, man, that's not sexy,
0: and I don't know why. <laughs> 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 and then this bored. guy is lazy he, flirting. I'd flirt better than that.
1: I'm sure you'd you'd get a better rise out of me than she does there.
0: (laughs) Well, it's been known to happen. (laughs)
1: It's just weird. It's like, man, even when you look good, you don't flirt good. Like, what's wrong with this? Just just flirt, okay? Just do it well. Give me an erection! (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with me! (laughs) No, I've got other frustrations! (laughs) Um... <laughs> the other thing that makes this scene pointless, like we're kind of dealing with, like, why does it have to be on the moon? You know, why does uh, he have to be a business owner? Uh, why does she have to flirt with this guy in this scene? Because he responds to it like, oh, oh, okay, like, wow, she's gonna accomplish a goal. Then he calls the guy, hey, anyway, we can't get this robot out. No, <laughs> okay. And the guy sits there on the phone after he's been told no. And he gets up anyway, like, and, he was and Randy like, Quaid knocks on the window anyway. Like, there's no reason for him to do this. To that scene, like, that. here's a million ways you could do this scene better. So he he's like, could you please do it for me? <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. And he calls. He's like, listen, can we get this robot out? No. Okay, listen, I, I, I really want you to get it out. Okay, this girl, she's, like, really flirting with me. Okay, <laughs> I think I can get somewhere with this. And he keeps petitioning do that. Instead, in the, what we get in this movie is, uh, this girl, she wants to know if she can get a robot out? No. Oh, okay. And he doesn't hang up the phone! Like, he just sits there. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> where do we go from? And then, the scene ends with something has nothing to do with her either bargaining him out, or the guy trying to negotiate to release it so he can get laid. It's just him knocking, he's like, I gotta take a leak. <laughs> And the season together. There are a lot of parts of this movie where it's just lazy. Like we said, it's not that the story's bad, it's not that it doesn't make sense. This is the one part of the movie that legitimately makes no sense to me why it's happening this way.
0: He's expecting um, to have like a gangbanger or an orgy with all these workers. Like, he's gonna say on the phone, like, no, you don't understand. You're gonna let this robot out because this chick is hot and she's flirting with me, so we all get a turn. Like, I mean, like, what is the point of that? you got the robot slot out? machine in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, the one part that actually did make me laugh was jay moore's speech like you were mentioning and you mentioned i i kind of like eddie murphy's long pause although i i, I wasn't sure what they were doing i i feel like the punchline should have been better than what's plan b you know the what's plan b is just sort of bland uh but it it was a good companion to jay moore's Eternal rant on this is how you're going to accomplish. I got a very simple plan for you. He's like, okay, you're going to grab that thing there. And he's like, wait, but that, that's, there's electricity on there. Then don't grab that one. Grab one of the ones that's not hot. (laughs) That was kind of funny. But he's like, what you're going to do is you're going to hop onto that elevator over there. That elevator, it's going to go all the way down to the basement. Once you're down to the basement, you're going to wait. And then they're going to get in the elevator. They're going to ride it up to the penthouse. Once it's in the penthouse, you're going to take this coin. You're going to unscrew the hatch. You're going to jump in the hatch. Got to take out two robot guards. Boom, boom, pow you got a meeting with rex crater (laughs) it's like went up forever I'm like that's really funny and it's probably the only part of this movie where it's like every line was delivered exactly as it should be and then you have the long pause and i'm like oh this he's gonna have a funny response and instead it's like what's plan b (laughs) and then they cut to them just here's plan b guys we're gonna take you right now by gunpoint
0: yeah that's it's a weird editing that scene because i kind of I was a bit confused, like, huh, what, like, what happened there? Like, it just, it it jumps quickly to this door opening, and it's, I didn't understand that bit.
1: It's just sloppy. Um, ugh, but, but I do, I love Jay Moore in this movie. Uh, and I don't think Jay Moore is ever not funny. Like, I've, I've seen him in movies where it's just dramas, and he's, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire is a dramatic movie, and Jay Moore makes me laugh at that movie. So, I'm gonna give him, I'm tied between him and Randy Quaid because I think Randy Quaid tried really hard, but at least Jay Moore made me laugh in this movie. Uh, we can get Jay Moore on the show. He's not doing much, is he?
0: Maybe Randy Quaid. I mean, isn't he like in jail or something <laughs> like that?
1: Um, okay, literally, I have four lines of notes writing down <laughs> Jay Moore's quote, that hole you're gonna jump on her. you're gonna take it in, you're going half an hour <laughs> and then the rest of my notes for the entire climax of the movie is two lines so i have twice as many notes about jay moore's one speech than i do the entire climax of the movie uh the clone twist okay i'm just gonna jump straight to it they do something very smart in this movie that they should have thrown an additional twist on the end like clone twist whatever it's an Eddie Murphy clone. They're dressed exactly the same. Why? I don't know. That was one of the things brought up in that article. <laughs> Did he know Eddie Murphy was going to be wearing this? And the clone's like, I got to dress exactly the same as him. When they're having the fight scene here, there's a bit of a switch where they're sort of tossing each other around. And the Rex Crater, the bad clone, is like, just shoot him. And then Eddie Murphy does a twist, or Pluto Nash does a twist with him. And now all of a sudden he's pretending, just shoot him. No, I'm Rex Crater. of these, I'm Rex Crater. And they don't know who to shoot. That was like, okay, I think I know where they're going with this. Then they have the final scene with the, you know, 110-volt, 120-volt. Maybe you get got a good adapter. And nobody laughs. laughs. Just laugh! Come on! <laughs> it's really funny. Why am I laughing? <laughs> uh, the bad lipstick, you, as he said. And then you have the final shot. Now, considering they were doing that whole switcheroo thing earlier, well, which one's Pluto? Which one's Rex? My weird theory... How was Rex introduced? Do you remember?
0: He spins around in a chair.
1: He spins around in the chair, smiling, <laughs> smoking a cigar. How is Pluto Nash final shot of this movie?
0: Uh, he's smoking a cigar.
1: <laughs> smiling, sitting in a chair.
0: At what still- if they
1: had just seen that a little bit differently, given it kind of like a dun 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 ending? Because ah. we still don't Who is Pluto? What if this ending was Rex Crater has now just assumed the identity of Pluto Nash. At least it's interesting. Good and idea. the fact that he's sitting there smiling, smoking a cigar the exact same way that Rex Crater's introduced, it seems like the obvious choice of an ending. But it's just not there.
0: I see. I, don't I like want- it.
1: It would have been clever. I think it's clever. But there would have to be I – was, I was thinking to myself. There would have to be some type of delivery so that you knew that's what they're going for. And then I remembered – There's no delivery to any of the jokes in this movie, so they probably did mean it to be
0: that. You know what it, you know what it needed? It needed, when Rex Crater falls down and lands on the craps table, you needed, uh, Pluto to look down and go, Gotcha, sucker! Uh (laughs) 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 Watch Bowfinger, it's a funnier movie.
1: Which realize it's actually the 25th anniversary of Bowfinger this year, and we're not going to be covering it. That's sad to me now.
0: Oh, we, we can scrap one of the other ones if you want to do Bowfinger instead.
1: we've got to fit Bowfinger there somehow.
0: <laughs> do you like special pigments? I love doing that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Would you want like to cut your hair for this movie? Yes, but it's probably better if somebody else doesn't. I've had a few I-
0: I really love running errands for people. I just love running errands. <laughs> <laughs> Heavenly God! Heavenly God! <laughs> keep it together! Keep it together! Keep it together! Keep it together! Hey, I, keep it together! Keep it together! Stop! You don't need to show your thing to the Lakers. I really need to show my thing to the Lakers. No, no, you don't need to.
1: <laughs> Did you know Tom Cruise didn't even know he was in the vampire movie until two years later? <laughs> There we go, our recap of Bowfinger. <laughs> That's a good movie. Even if we have to do a bonus episode, we are doing Bowfinger this year just to make up a <laughs> little Ash To remind people Eddie Murphy's funny.
0: <laughs> the Eddie Murphy redeeming month comes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Hey, that means we can do Beverly Hills Cop. We can do another um, uh, Judge Reinhold movie. Yay! <laughs> Judge Reinhold!
1: We are going to make it happen.
0: <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> yep. Do <Who next? laughs>
0: you have anything more to say, or are you done?
1: <laughs> no, just why am I not laughing?
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Okay, so this movie uh is universally regarded as one of the biggest flops in the history of movies. Um before we get to the box office, um it currently has a four percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes saying that the adventures of Pluto Nash is neither adventurous nor funny, and Eddie Murphy is on autopilot in this notorious box office bomb. Metacritic it has twelve out of a hundred um saving meaning overwhelming dislike. Uh, The majority of critics lambasted the movie for acting dialogue, lack of humour, and crude special effects. Um, It was nominated... uh, Actually, Rotten Tomatoes, I will say, ranked it as 79th in the 100 worst movies of the 2000s. That'll be a fun one to have a look to see. uh,
1: Where's it it on IMDb's bottom 100? Because it's got to be on there.
0: Oh, I haven't quite gotten that far, but I'll have a look in a second. Um, uh, It was nominated for... Five Golden Raspberry Awards, but it didn't actually win any. And then it was later also nominated for the worst comedy of our first 25 years at the 25th Golden Raspberries in 2005, but lost to Gigli. Um So just quickly, the ones... So it was nominated, just going through these, as we said, worst picture, lost to Swept Away, a film we've already covered. <laughs> um Also, again, up against Crossroads, Pinocchio and Sales episode two. Uh Eddie Murphy was nominated... Um uh, He's actually nominated for two, for so three movies. He was nominated for *Pluto*, *I Spy*, and *Showtime*. Can I just say *I Spy*? Bit of a guilty pleasure. Like he does not phone mm. it in in *I Spy*. He actually has really good no, chemistry with Owen Wilson, and Famke Jansen's in that movie too. So, mm-hmm. tell me, you've seen *I Spy*?
1: Oh yeah, I saw it when it first came out. I loved *I Spy*.
0: Are, are you still a lover of *I Spy*, or are you kind of waned you know, on it?
1: I don't think I've seen it in years, but I mean, the last time I watched it, I still enjoyed it.
0: Mm, I think that's the one we talked about doing a Double Oz 7 kind of as a, you know, James Bond sort yeah. of other film. But like, yeah, I Spy's actually really enjoyable. And I know I said that this, I enjoy this movie. But like, I Spy actually has a plot. And it's funny. And <laughs> like, again, Owen Wilson and Eddie Murphy actually make a really good pairing. Um, anyway, uh, so he lost to Robert, Roberto Benigni for Pinocchio. Um, it was also nominated for Worst Screen Couple. For Eddie Murphy and either Robert De Niro in Showtime, Owen Wilson in I Spy, or he himself cloned in The Adventures of Pluto Nash, <laughs> lost to Adranio Giannini and Madonna in Swept Away. Um, worst director, Ron Underwood, lost to Guy Ritchie in Swept Away. Worst screenplay um, the for Neil Cuthbert, lost to George Lucas and Jonathan Hales in Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Um and the worst of the twenty five years, as we said, lost to Gili that year. Um but box office wise, uh so this movie made a grand total of seven million dollars worldwide. That was four million dollars domestically, two million foreign, uh two and a half million, on a budget of a hundred million dollars. And according to a list I've found here of the biggest box office bombs, that puts it at fourth, uh, which I don't get how they've worked this out. because according like budget to-
1: versus what it takes in?
0: Yeah, but if you look at this list, there are other films that have made less, and they've only put this at fourth. Um, it's interesting. I don't know how they've worked this out, but uh, it's behind... Uh, Oh no! no! This is alphabetical. Never mind, Ben. Hang on a second. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Esther.
1: That was a real laugh. Somebody didn't get in this
0: movie. Esther. Okay, so adjusted for inflation, here we go. Okay, so this is adjusted for inflation. The biggest movie losses. This still comes in at fourth behind Titan AE. So this, according to this, adjusted for inflation, lost one hundred thirty-four million dollars. Behind Titan AE, which lost $145 million, Cutthroat Island, which lost $146 million, and Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas, which reportedly lost $170 million. So, um, yeah, that's gotta hurt the budget. <laughs> if you, if you lose a movie, uh, not adjusted for inflation, $96 million. Um, wow. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that. That's, that's ridiculously bad. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, what did this, I haven't opened up the opening, uh, weekend, what it came up against. If I quickly open that up, it was released the same weekend as Blue Crush, which made $14 million, Possession, which made $1.5 million, Mostly Martha, which made (laughs) $40,000, The Last Kiss, $33,000, I'm Going Home, a lot of movies, According to this opening weekend, uh, of the August 16th to 18th weekend, 2002, and for those playing at home, the number one movie that weekend was Triple X in its second week, followed by Signs in its third week, other movies in the top ten, this came in tenth on its opening week, uh, Spy Kids 2, The Island of Lost Dreams, Austin Powers in Gold Member, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Bloodwork, Road to Perdition, The Master of Disguise, um another notorious bomb, so uh yes that's crazy that it made seven million dollars on a hundred million dollar. I can't get over that. That is terrible.
1: It's crazy is that this is Eddie Murphy, and you could say his he had some bombs or whatever, but if you look at most of his movies that open around this time, they still open strong. And Eddie Murphy movie opening in tenth place, what happened?
0: Yeah. That's, that is crazy. To answer your question before about the bottom 100 of IMDb, this is coming in at 85th, uh, just below, swept away, um, oh. and just ahead of Exorcist 2, The Heretic. Uh, and the number one movie on the IMDb's bottom movies is Disaster Movie. Um, for those, please send me the emoji movies on this. Please send me the emoji. Yes, number 37. <laughs> Thank God. Um, and Cat in the Hat's also on there at number 81. So uh, is Booker Henry on there? No, it's not. Oh, there No. Okay. Um, do you have anything to add on uh, any of the um, box office or anything? I'm trying to find the keywords for this movie while you do that. Um,
1: I mean, again, yeah, just the shock that this opened in 10th place. I remember it being a bomb, but I don't think I ever uh, realized like, how little interest there was in this movie leading into it there was a good amount of publicity because i mean i was very aware of this movie so i, I it, it really is a question of like what happened with this movie because it had a good amount of hype there probably was you know bad publicity about uh, the early reviews or whatever but the same could be said for the cat in the hat and swept away and whatever else and i don't think well swept away definitely made no money but i'm sure crossroads made more than this
0: well, Britney Spears has got a big fan base. Uh, I know one of them. <laughs> and that's not me. Oh, maybe I know two of them. Um Plot keywords. We have African-American oh. hero. Gangster. You know, can, we,
1: can we start with the African-American hero? Now, we're in 2019, yes. just coming off of 2018, where the number one movie was what? Black Panther. Now, I clicked on this earlier. Why don't you click on that? Now, if, if this, everybody would assume African-American hero, click on it and tell me what the top ones are.
0: Beverly Hills Cop 3, The Adventures of Pluto Nash, <laughs> Unforgivable Blackness, The Rise and Fall of Jack Johnson, and Dangerous <laughs> Money from 1946. How does African-American
1: hero not have Black Panther and Adventures of Pluto Nash is number two?
0: It's ridiculous. Um, moon. Shall we click on Moon? <laughs> 2001? Uh, first man. Surprisingly enough, uh, a Christmas oh. Carol, Transformers: The Last Night, and what? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Rogue One: A Star Wars Story is number seven. Uh- <laughs> did you say Hold on, B- back up a second. Moon, go through that again. First man. First man. A Christmas Carol, the 2009. A Christmas G- Carol. <laughs> yes. Scrooge was on the moon the whole time? Transformers The Last Night and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 Um wow. Posing as husband and wife um, 2080s month Oh, this would be a good one to do The number one film in 2080s is Prometheus followed by Total Recall Real alive and The Adventures of Pluto Nash <laughs> <laughs> even, the nine, even the 2009 movie 2081 is 6th <laughs> I've never heard of that oh falling from a window month coming soon to the old. <laughs> ed- <laughs> um, number one is Toy Story followed by Edward Scissorhands Big Hero 6 and The Exorcist um, so, oh followed by the notoriously graphic Salo or the 120 Days of Sodom one of the most, uh, I guess, horrifically graphic movies in the history of movies. Um, Parents Guide. Um, oh, it's not even worth reading these. Um, I, I clicked on user reviews to see if I could find anything positive about this. So we have from IMDb user Mad K Laugh. The heading is, I like this movie, hence I will doubtlessly never be employed as a professional movie critic. <laughs> Maximum Madness on the 10th of January 2011 wrote I was prepared to hate this but the adventures of Pluto Nash was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's just written entertaining. <laughs> Dude281 says Randy as Bruno was awesome. Murphy was solid as always. The story was fun with music from Outcast makes this just a great space comedy. Best comparison is fifth element mixed with Total Recall. What? <laughs> You've lost me there. <laughs> oh, uh, this one here from XWEAPONX. gave it ten out of ten. The bringing up baby of its time. <laughs> of its time. Another heading here. Poor Randy Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's saying that anymore. <laughs> oh, and then some, finally, somebody's written. This is the worst movie ever. Period. <laughs> Capitals. <laughs> Pluto Nash, more like Pluto ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, <coughs> I'm choking now. Stop choking. Um, <laughs> start <and on> laughing. <laughs> What's your review?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's obviously a bin. Let's be honest. But I do want to say I really wanted to rent this movie. Just just rent it. Come on. <laughs> Cuz it's like there's nothing terribly wrong with it. It's just I feel like this movie is universally panned not because it is the world's worst movie because it's just a movie everybody can agree, yeah, it sucks. It doesn't like suck real hard balls or anything. It just sucks.
0: <laughs> you know what? I am going to rent it just because <laughs> <laughs> Just because I came into this saying, I like this movie, and th- I mean, this is still a movie I can put on and just watch. Um, you know, it's not something that I'm going to watch anytime soon again, but it's still something that I will say I will watch again, unlike at least the next two movies we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there is that, but um, it's a low rent. You probably thought I was going to come in this and buy it. Um, I maybe no. thought I was too, honestly, but yeah. A low rent. I'll save face slightly. The only person to ever watch this film out of those two or three people that Eddie Murphy knows and give it that much credit. Anyway, moving on. Uh speaking of shit, the emoji are we doing the emoji movie or cat and hat next? I can't even remember. Emoji movie. Oh fuck. Uh-
1: <laughs> what would have been the reaction if I said cat and hat?
0: Oh fuck. Uh- <laughs> I think this is one of those ones that we were meant to do when we first started. Like we kept saying, "Like oh, we're gonna do the emoji movie. And we're gonna do the emoji yeah. movie." We were smart and said we we ended up didn't doing it, but for some reason we're dumb again and we're doing <laughs> this. This movie is wow oh, like so bad, <laughs> so so bad. Like the the worst thing about this is the fact that this actually got made and that somebody actually heard the idea of making a movie about emojis, and there were enough people who thought, that's a good idea, let's do that. Uh, like, at least in the cat in the hat, you can understand why it got made. I can't understand why this got made. Uh, and people paid to see it. This is the only movie we're covering this month that made money. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah. The Emoji Movie, Colin. I don't know what else to say.
1: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, when we were going through what to cover this year... I sort of said, you know, we always did promise to do the emoji. And that just became a running joke. You know, when we first started this. We're like, we, like somebody made a movie called the emoji movie. We have to see this just to say that we had, we bothered to do a review on the emoji movie. And then every couple months, it would sort of come up another episode. It's like, we still got to get to that emoji movie recap. So now it's like, well, we kind of do have to do emoji movie. <laughs> uh, I watched the first two and a half minutes of this while I was waiting for Jamie to get in the car <laughs> earlier today. Um, and I'll just give you my review of the first two and a half minutes. I was watching. I'm like, this seems – it's kind of a clever opening. Like, why is everybody crapping all over this movie? And then it gets to this thing where it's like, you know, I, we live in a world, not this world, the world of a smartphone. And we are emojis. And I'm like – then I suddenly just got like, why are they making a movie about emojis? <laughs> It um, went from well, this to be kind of clever to exactly what we thought when we said we would cover this last summer. They made a movie about emojis. Why?
0: There, there is a guy, like, what is it, Sony Pictures who made this movie or whatever, who or a girl. There's a person or some people who legitimately got money <laughs> off this movie. They actually got rich for pitching mm-hmm. this movie and it making a bit of money. So, like, I hope that they go to sleep every night feeling like the dirtiest person in the world because, like... <laughs> legitimately, like, oh, like, I would almost watch, actually, no, I'm not almost, I would watch Dirty Dancing over this film. Like, that's oh. how bad this, this might be the worst film we've ever covered. I'm just saying it right now.
1: Wow, <laughs> Putting it out I, there.
0: <laughs> can't wait. So I'm going to be buying it next week. You know that for a fact. Um. Yeah. <laughs> But we're gonna we're gonna implement the rule of uh, Santa with muscles, I think, and cap it at an hour, <laughs> possibly less. <laughs> the 60, sixty second rule. <laughs> so there's an emoji. He's a man. He can't make a face. And then for some reason, he's a hero at the end. The end. That's the emoji movie. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, James Corden is in this movie, ladies and gentlemen. That's enough for you. Uh, <laughs> I actually don't mind James Corden. It's just his movies are never good. So, uh, that's coming up next week. So, yeah, get excited. Woo, it's the Emoji Movie. Uh, but it is bad movie month, and we're here for a reason. We've got better ones to come this year, people. Don't worry. Anniversary month's coming soon. There's Star Wars to come this year. You know it's going to be a good year. Terminator. Uh, like us on Facebook. <laughs> Did you have something else to add? Oh, I said Terminator.
1: I'll try to sell it to people. Don't tune out
0: Later. now. a Epic Month. <laughs> um, like us on Facebook, please. Like, even after this episode. Um, before next week, before you unlike us. Um, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, all the relevant places that we need you to do things because we ask you nicely and we appreciate you listening to this episode because I'm sure it was hard. You saw the words The Adventures of Pluto Nash and you're like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll skip that one, but you still listen to it anyway. So, I usually would say at this point, thanks, Catherine, but she stopped listening to us ages ago. So, um, <laughs> who does listen to us anymore, Colin?
1: L- LED Undercover. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks, Billy Garcia. Uh, yeah. Even he's not listening. Uh, in the meantime, my name has been Ben. Ah! And my name
1: is Colin, and... (laughs) What's plan B?
0: Thank you for listening to The Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.